ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hoopers Podcast, and I am your host, the president of the Hoopers, the headband warrior, Ben Roberts. And my guest today is a man who goes by many names, Gaffer, Boss, Banger Jesus, but most popularly, he goes by Ellie Flirt's brother. <laughs> it's Johan Kjellin. <laughs> hello. And he's with us for the hour. Say hello. Hello. You are my football manager. I am, yeah. And you're probably the biggest celebrity. We've had you're a bit of a shamba celebrity, aren't you? Well, I'm not. My sister is. Local villain. I... No, but you're known <laughs> around town, aren't you? I'm not sure. To be honest with you. You get around. Maybe. Maybe. People always see you uh, strumming your guitar <laughs> in the pub. <laughs> yeah, it happens once every two years, maybe. Are you in a, a band as well? Uh, I have been, I'm not in the band currently. What was the name of your... You had one with your sister, didn't you? Yeah, that was called Carlotta. That was Carlotta, yeah, I did my research. Yeah. I read that on Wikipedia. We were uh, we were on the road to, to, to rock and roll fame, and then uh, Ellen Flavor <coughs> and Carney Gumbry. Yeah, and I thought she was too big for the band. She left the band and went solo and... Uh, Forgot her roots. That's it, you say so. Yeah. And now, it. me and you are sat here thinking about what could have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 20, 15 years later. Life's just not fair. <laughs> Still so, uh, playing for Sam and Abby, so. Yeah. You became my manager when? Two months ago? Three months ago? Something like that. Yeah, what, what, yeah about two months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was when I can't, I, we knew of each other before that, but then I've only properly known you for like two, three months. And I didn't realise until I told my mum last night that you were coming on the podcast that your mum is Nesha Ellen Jones. Yeah. And that's a, she's a household name in, in the Roberts household. Oh, is she, yeah? Yeah. Because she taught both my in? sister's core okay. in... Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. It's called Gunnar Shamar Push. Okay. She taught my sister... Uh, yeah, she's... Duil Adros Amor. A classic song, that. <laughs> that it was. <laughs> yeah, it's I used to sing it on the side. I was only three. Ah, I was, yeah, like, I, singing, doing all the... The Duil, yeah. Yeah, because you reach your arms out across... So who... Ra- that's a translation of... What's the English version of it? Hands across the. Is there an English version? I think it's just a Welsh. No, it's a famous uh, band, isn't it? The Band Aid song, that one. Yeah, but it was a Welsh Band Aid. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but didn't they translate the words from the English song? Oh, I don't know. Um, not from the Band Aid. No, song. actually, I'm more than you know. I'm thinking of Feed the World. <laughs> yeah, it's not Feed the you know, World. It's not, is it? Well, it's like, similar. It's similar. Very yeah. similar. But, yeah, but the yeah. Welsh version is more poetic. Yeah, no. it's all about like it's raining and really paints a picture. Yeah, that's it. And well, Nestor we were all sang out in primary school, didn't we? Oh yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. I still sing it sometimes in the shower. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, really yeah. giving it. No, I don't even remember. Stick it to my roots when I get in the shower. Yeah. Shit, I don't. I forgot. I'm not sang that song since primary school, probably. Well, I always knew that song growing up because your mother, Nestor Ellen Jones, led my sister and her choir to the. Instead of getting his lethal singing that song, did, did they? And my parents were outraged because, because they didn't win. Did they not win? Yeah. No. And your mum demanded to see the judges. <laughs> I remember <laughs> it all. It was a huge fiasco. Did they get second? I think they didn't even get stage. Oh. And, but the, but the note said they were too professional. So my mum is still angry. But I was talking about it with her yesterday. <laughs> She didn't stop for about 10 minutes. In Welsh, we call it the Cuthral Canny. When uh, people think they suffered uh, mistreatment by a bad... Injustice. Yeah, injustice because they didn't get stayed. Or... The North Walians have a hard time of it in the, in the games later, don't we? Yeah, there might be some backhanders going on. I suffered it a few times, though. When the... Did you? Oh, I was by far the best. 
Sometimes when I went to the Kenneth Laysall and, and then the notes, I'd always get, oh, I nearly got stage. Were you wearing your headband back No, then? I just very, uh, you know, collar out, smile. That, yeah, well, I'd Singing the song, yeah, trying to. I wouldn't. I got first. The words. I, I in the Kenneth Laysall? Yeah, uh, when I was eight, yeah, nine. Wow. I was the champion, lad. I was the. Well, doing what? <laughs> Singing. Singing. What was the Singing. song? Do you remember? Yeah, it was called the Gwilan Nod. Singing Gwilan Nod. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember I, I, it? I could sing it now. I'm not <laughs> going to, but um, actually the words are... But I know I remember the melody. And I remember that day, I, I was only nine, nine yeah, and I, mm. I knew I nailed it. I, I sang it in the prelims in the morning and I thought, I'm going to get staged there. And Mine, was, stage and I, uh, Mine was... Mine uh, was... It was under sevens. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had to sing Kibach Gwyn. Okay. It's a song about a dog that gets lost. Okay. But then at the end of the song, they find him again. Oh, and and I sang it. I thought I did it perfectly, yeah? <laughs> Didn't get stage. Can you sing it now? Oh, yeah. Kibach Gwyn and Mintandro, Kibach Della and Avro. All that. You sound, you sound proper Welsh when you speak Welsh. Well, that's what, that's what you've got to do yeah, when you get to the Kenneth Lathal. <laughs> When you speak English, you got to enunciate. More, more English, but when you speak Welsh, you're as Welsh as, as me, really. Well, you should hear me when, I, when I'm talking Argentinian later when we get into the football uh, tactics. Arriba. Oh, is that? No, f*** what? Uh, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Well, you can, but I'll bleep it out. It's a family show. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know this before. I'm agreeing to the... I've got a nice little sound that goes... Okay. Instead, that goes over the swearing. Right. <laughs> Do you know who my sister is? She's... Uh, your sister's age. Ellen Roberts. Ellen Roberts. And then her sister, Sarah Roberts. Where are you in school in comparison to your oldest? Who's the oldest? Ellen. She's in Ellen. Ellen. I think your Ellen's yeah. year, I think. That's what I remember. Her, she was the same age as my sister. But I don't think I remember your the sister, Sarah. Yeah, I do remember Ellen, I think. But I'm not. I don't think I've seen her since school. Or, no. No. So I'm three years older than Ellen. Are you are you're older than your sister Ellie? Yeah. I thought you were younger for some reason. Um, my Ellen and your Ellen did a duet once. I remember. That's it. Yeah, I can recall this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you actually? Yeah. In the. Yeah. In David Davis. Yeah, I can recall something. It was like some uh, like concert to raise money for Africa. Or something. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. We. What old you? How old? Are, how young? Much younger are you than Ellie? Eight years. Oh, okay. So what? And. Uh, I know this from my research last night. Your mother was a famous Welsh folk singer in the 1970s and 80s. Yeah, she was. She was in two bands. Go on, what were they called? Bran. Yes. And. Brilliant band. Something like Prehenin or. Uh, P- uh, Pererin, yeah. Pererin. They made a. Um, how do you call it? Come back. Yeah, what's, what's it called? A reunion? Is it? Reun- yeah, no, reunion no, no. gig. What, what happens when the band comes back together? So they, is it a reunion? No. Yeah. A reunion tour, yeah, is what what a, yeah, a resurgence. Yeah, that's one of the words for it, yeah. In the Ice Temple <coughs> this year in Bedad, Bedadden. Mm-hmm. So they haven't played together for 40 years. You're stealing my notes for later. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you should have showed me your notes before. Well, then it ruins the, the naturalness yeah. of you reacting to if my I, notes. If I'm, go- if I'm stepping ahead. No, I was. Uh, I had to listen to some of your mum's songs, they're very nice. She has a very uh, Joni Mitchell-ish kind of voice. Yeah, very high-pitched voice, isn't it? Well, very... Uh, Delicate, yeah, but uh, kind of uh, yeah, it's I don't know to... they're, they're, apparently they were uh, popular in Japan. That's <laughs> 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 what kind of singing voice do you have? Uh, 
don't know, do a bit of different things with it, but... I'd imagine just by looking at you that you try and make it sound a bit gruff. Like... Yeah, I, yeah I, there's a bit of a rock and roll there. Yeah. But a bit of soul as well, I've got soul. Yeah. I like, I like Richard Ashcroft. Okay. You know him? Well, I know of him. Yeah. He's see. not in my notes. On a good day, I, I sound like... On a good day, I sound like him. <laughs> <laughs> with the right uh, soundproofing. Yeah. And uh, your sister is obviously having flew the famous, yeah. perhaps the most famous camera push export. After she last objects. Is she an export? She's never oh. never left. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, yeah. She's, she hasn't she left never. that shop for about 50 years. <laughs> Do you know where she lives? I always thought she lived Above somewhere. the shop? No. She oh, actually, lives. yeah, someone told me this. Uh, she lives somewhere like Sandit knows me. Yeah, like yeah. I, I never so what, she just travels in every day? Yeah. But I've never seen her arrive. Like she's no. always just in the, <laughs> in the like, shop. <laughs> it's like I always thought she was somewhere born and bred, and like you said, lived above the, the shop. She's been fooling us all. It's a bit, it's a bit too expensive in there now, to be honest. Yeah, I always ask for a smaller portion of chips because you're mm. mid thirties like me now. And you actually realise you don't a, a, a proper chip bag is too big. It's too much. You know? Yeah, it is. A Especially when you start playing football again. You gotta watch your calories, of course. We've just come straight from training, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We're drinking a quite... we're drinking a Hooper's yeah. alcoholic dandelion and burdock. Yeah, just to de stress after training and chill out. Loosen the muscles. Yeah, I read like from uh, Lauren Blanc mm. that he he used to have a, a pint after every game yeah, to loosen his muscles up. As long as you have only one, I think that's all right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have two. Are we? Well, we can have the gin as well. Well, uh, yeah, well, that might that might make uh, recovery a bit slower, but also sharpens the mind. Gin, yeah, puts you on your toes. Well, your legs were going in training towards the end tonight, weren't they? <coughs> yeah, they were. Well, it's also because I I broke my shoe. Oh, I got yeah. this going on, so every time I step, I'm like tripping over the. I think you need to sew that up. I do, I do. I had the headband around it to. When you're talking later on about your plans to market Shambire and bring yeah. money to the club, maybe then we can all have a new, nice new pair of trainers. That would be nice. Train. Yeah, so Shamar Push. Me and you are both Shamar Push, born and bred. Uh, no, no, I'm Doiran, born. Wow. Another one, just like Sheila, <laughs> just pretends to... <laughs> to be Shamar born and bred. No, to be fair, I was also born in Pentrith. I moved here when I was nine months old. Nine months? Yeah. Okay. So pretty much Shamar yeah. born and bred. Yeah. I, I never moved here till I was 16. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was born and raised. You were in Dwiran for... Uh, yeah, for 16 oh. years. Oh, now I really do feel lied to. Do you know any anybody from Dwiran? Do you know any lads from school or whatever? Is Dwiran like next to Bryn Schenken? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't talk to those guys. <laughs> I tried to stay clear of you Calvin too. as much as possible. <laughs> we were the hicks. Him and his <laughs> one-word dances. Yeah. Sam of course. The village boasts the longest place name in the world with 58 English letters. Originally named Llamer Pushkwingis, the name was extended in order to attract attention and tourism as the longest name of a train station in the world. The long form of the name translates in English as St. Mary's Church in the hollow of the White Hazel near a rapid whirlpool and the Church of St. Cecilia by the Red Cave. Occupation of the land dates back to post-Ice Age, Neolithic and Bronze Age funerary activity and ritualism. How about that? No deal. Yeah. That's where our, uh, this, what's it called, the era, the, the, the hippie, spiritual... <laughs> yeah, this was about that time, yeah. Uh, Neolithic. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like the the druidy type. You think that actually did not exist, but it did exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was twelve thousand years ago, so that's before the Celts even. Blood deal. The local football club is also noteworthy for having the longest football team name in the world, but also for having played league opposition Shrewsbury Town in the Welsh Cup in 1987, and for being featured in the book Football Grounds in Britain and Europe, Part 3, released in 2015. Sean Parry gets a mention. Does he? For having a shot. (laughs) Why is that then? It was like a match report, and it says Sean Parry came close with (laughs) probably the last shot he ever took. Yeah. <laughs> it was back in like 1973. That's when he could actually swing his leg back yeah. without kicking his groins. I think that was Steve Smith's first retirement game as well. Was it? Nah, he's an evergreen. Steve Smith will never retire. Back in the 80s. Um, so you've lived here, what, since, you, since what year? Moved in here in 1997. Okay, so uh, you've seen both... Uh, Kind of two generations of Shamrock Pushers, yes. eh? What's yeah. what's changed? I think it's changed a lot in the last last five or six years, I would say. Mm. Um, there's more people in the village that I don't re- recognise. Whereas I would say seven years ago, I still recognised everyone in the village. You know, the man of Shamrock like, Push, like the I pub, said. The pub, the pub culture of Tigwin and Penrose was a big part of it. You know, obviously Tigwin is not really. He's not. I used it much as now, is it? Well, it's closed now, yeah. isn't it? I mean, the Penrose is still po- uh, popular. <coughs> I think that generation of lads that we, when I was 16, 17, started playing football in Samba, that generation that we were kind of getting to know, they've all settled down now and so we moved away and whatever. Yeah, true. But yeah, it's just, I've, I've moved away for a bit as well, so. But then it just felt like there was not, uh, I think there's less of a sense of community these days. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Because uh, the people who came through after your generation yeah. and a few years after they all just kind of dissipated and yeah. never kind of claimed my generation never kind of really uh, got yeah. involved in the community no. and you know only go to Penrose when there's you know we don't have a lift anywhere else <laughs> yeah I know what you mean it's sad really how do we get that back can we get that back well, or have phones ruined everything communities everywhere They're kind of struggling aren't they yeah but then you go in, some of the away days we go in, you kind of get a sense of, like sometimes when you go somewhere in the mountains. Where's that one we drew 1 1 a couple of. Plain Efestinyog. Yeah, that. You go there, and it's still like. Uh, you felt there was a. Yeah. You feel like everyone kind of knows each other, and it's yeah. quite a small. Everyone in the pub was friendly. What do the Slammer people do then? As a, if there's no community, what? I mean, there probably is, you know, the people with kids, they probably do. See, you know, go to school in the school, kids, yeah. You know, yeah, maybe we're we'll just separated from it. It's the pub culture that was big, say, 15, 10, 15 years ago. I don't think it's as, it's definitely not as big now. Did you used to, did you used to go out when Tigwin was like a big, yeah, that was a great time. I missed that, yeah. I didn't, I didn't make it. You didn't make it, you missed, out, time. you missed out there. Late 90s, early 2000s was a mad time in the Tigwin. Yeah, but then why? I don't understand where football, all those people the football went. Football team's doing well. Where did they win? Yeah, it's a good point. I think, I think a lot of them are actually still around, but they just they just got kids now and they settled yeah, down. Yeah, but I mean, why did not the why did the, the next, next generation yeah, not the next one? See, so, so maybe at my generation, so the ones above us, was like Big Oz was in training tonight. Mm-hmm. Kai Evans' dad. They were like six or seven years older than us. <coughs> a lot of them are still living locally, but they've got families and stuff. Yeah, I suppose my. Lads my age are in and around Anglesey. 
but they've settled down. And but those 18, 19, 20 year olds, they kind of... What about, how old are you now? 20, what am I, 25? Something like that. Oh, my brother, yeah, my brother. 26. Well, it was, like, I don't know, really. I think, I think, in general, I think cars have made a big difference. You think, yeah. And phones have made a big difference, and the fact that you can watch anything, any time, you know, you're less likely to to be out and about. Because before, the perp was, like, pretty much the only thing to do. You only get four channels on the TV, where, you you know, you can either watch one of those four channels or go down to Penrose. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Think we're quite lazy, though. Yeah, I mean that those things have made us lazier, and you can tell it in the foot in the football because the kids that are coming up, their their attitude is so much different to. Yeah, do you think that? Hundred percent. But I think that's because like when we started playing senior football, you wouldn't be able to get away with certain things because the senior lads would wouldn't let you get away with things. Whereas some, you know, if you were being cocky when you were a young kid, they they knock you into place quite mm. quickly. Whereas I, I don't. Everybody's like, oh yeah. You looking at me like I should be punching people in training. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, it's Someone's got to do it. It's, it's a different generation. Eh? I think I'm trying to think if it's less competitive now or is it more? Because you know, like we own coaching courses and whatever you play with footballs and like that. They say your oh, winning doesn't matter and it's about taking part. So they, they preach that, but actually, is there more pressure on the youngsters? Is it more competitive? I don't, you know, in, just in terms of, I don't know, is there more pressure on them or is there? I think it's less of, football is less of a focus for them. Maybe. Because, uh... Why is that? What, what, what's taking that over? Well, the, the introduction of the internet has just been yeah. astronomical for what it's done to society. And now I think... Ki- fo- football's as popular as ever, though. But I feel like kids... Although they'll play it, it's yeah. less of a... I think back in the day, it was hard to look beyond the football team. Whereas because of the introduction of the internet, football seems like a small cog in a huge world yeah, yeah. that's all accessible. So it's not as... yeah. It used to be life or death for us back in the day. Football. It used to... Yeah, yeah, football was like the only thing. I, I, you don't sense it. And it is things. for me now, but that's just because I have no life. Well, I think... Except for this podcast. <laughs> I think... I think because we had that when we were younger, even though... It is in life or death now. You still have that in you because you had it <coughs> that thing we had with football. It's still in you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And maybe these youngsters now aren't getting that somebody shouting at you if you're not winning or whatever. I try, but then it doesn't seem to ever. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking about this on the way home. Like maybe my tone is not suited for your voice. Like demanding authority. Like when I tell someone to do something, they don't seem to do it. And I don't know if that's because I'm not shouting at them right or because people just don't listen. Or because I'm <laughs> giving them bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always telling them, pass to me! Let me triple everyone! Yeah, that's the problem. Maybe the youngsters think they, I don't know, they get everything. Do they get more? They got more opportunities at the moment. I think they're coddled a bit more. Maybe. So that when someone tells them what to do, they're less. Yeah. I seen a good post by Stan Collymore on Twitter yesterday about. <coughs> he was talking about how uh, the tackling laws in football are so strict now. And because of that, you get more kind of injuries from tackles because people aren't being taught to tackle anymore. Or, yeah. you know. And he was saying to relax the tackling laws. So yeah. I was thinking that the other day. The, the injuries that are happening now never used to happen back in the day. No. Like so, ma- like a whole team is out injured at once. Yeah. They're dropping like flies in that Man City game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, do you think? Uh, do you think we'll stop heading the ball eventually? Uh, I hope. I hope not. But I hope so. I hope not. <laughs> that would really help my game. If everyone stopped heading the ball. What did you see the dementia program? 
without unsheathing it. No, but I've been preaching that stuff for years, haven't I? Before the science was in. I, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I don't think. I think. I think we should teach people how to head the ball properly. Mm-hmm. You know, like you catch it on your forehead properly. You know, it's not. You know, I don't think we take enough time to do that. Like maybe some countries do or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, it's like if you stop them tackling, stop them heading, you might as well stop. I know. I know. It is. It is getting too far. Just from like an instinct. Obviously, as you have gathered by now, I don't head the ball much. <laughs> I've not noticed. It's just a, it's just an instinctive thing that I've always had. That uh, whenever I've headed the ball, it just doesn't seem right to me. Actually, I don't know if it is, like I have a thin cranium. But are you catching it on your forehead? Or are you catching it on? Well, I'm trying my best. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe because people have told you all the time that you can't head, then you just. Yeah, uh, maybe. Anybody could head. I mean, it is psychological because now I see the ball and I think oh, I'll just try and control it. Well, you're not playing Saturday, sir. <laughs> I'm not playing at the back, maybe. Jesus. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> For Shamba, though, Shamba Push Football Club. Yeah. Well, no, let's talk Shamba in general now. Okay. Because the the place name yeah. is a big uh, marketing tourist. Yeah, unbelievable. But then you've got tourists coming to... If you didn't have that James <coughs> Pringles, then... You know, you pass that in a day, but there's loads, loads of people, bushes and that. I know. But what if we use Pringles? Obviously, for the fans that aren't aware, because we have some foreign fans as well, we have some Saudi Arabia listeners. Are we? Yeah. Very popular in uh, Wisconsin for some reason. Are we? Yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia? No, but I'm just saying it's widespread on ah, okay. both sides of the globe. Philippines. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pringles is a is a shop in Shamrock Push oh, like, yeah. where you buy lots of Shamrock Push merchandise and also like Welsh stuff and yeah fluffy traditional jumpers. Welsh yeah yeah lots of clothes and things. I've like actually that. bought a nice jumper. From, I, well, I, I know I, I remarked oh, the other yeah, day. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And it was me that asked where did you get that jumper yeah. and you said Pringles. And then I went in the other day to shop for Christmas stuff. Yeah. And I had a look at the jumpers. Some of them were really nice. Were they? Yeah. If I was in less of a hurry, I would have had a. a no, like, look. You think of it as like a bit of an old-fashioned place, but it's uh, all right. No, but I love old-fashioned jumpers. Yeah. I love like an old man jumper. You like kind of band. The most unfashionable, the better. <laughs> How's that gonna look with your headband on? I like my '80s Nordic. Ben is wearing a, a California Dreaming '1970s. It's a very psychedelic headband, right here. Yeah. And yeah, Something your mum would have worn in her early days. Oh, yeah, she said she was into the, the 70s. Uh... But that was her vibe, wasn't it, in the band, in her first band? She moved to more traditional folk afterwards. Done my research. Have you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was listening to you her. more than me because. Her first album. Sorry, what is her, what is her band called again? Bran. Is it Bran or Bran? Bran. Bran. Yeah. So there's a Torbach and that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bran. I listened to her first album, 1975. Yeah. And it's very, um, it's almost uh, Led Zeppelin-ish in parts, yeah. Pink Floyd-ish. Yeah, yeah. And then she comes in with a delicate voice. Yeah. It's a very, uh, it's quite know, haunting voice, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very uh, jarring yeah. image that she creates. To be honest with you, I would probably not have. I recalled seeing the vinyls around the house when we were younger, but you know, when you're that age, you have no interest in that kind of music or whatever. I'll lend you mine if you want. <laughs> have you got it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Illegally downloaded it. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, no, nah, just it's on some, of, some songs on YouTube. They, they go for uh, brand vinyls on eBay, going for hundreds. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because they're so rare, and they actually... I suppose, yeah, and they are known. They are properly... Yeah, they, what was it? 
guy called Andy Votel, you know? He's like a DJ from Manchester. And he got into Welsh music and he released like a compilation of Welsh songs from the <coughs> 70s. Right. And the brand had this, one of the songs on it. That is sell, sell, you know, it's that, uh, sold globally, really. Well, if you make three albums back in the day, you're yeah. established, aren't yeah. you? I know now, because as I got older, I started listening. I thought, they're actually good, because you, yeah. you don't bother with Yeah, I did genuinely really like the brand. You know, I like the brand stuff more than the Pererian stuff, to be honest. Yeah, uh, well, Pererian is more um, real Welsh folk, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Traditional. It, yeah. Bran is a bit more, like you said, experimental. Psychedelic rock. Yeah, they're finding their feet. I'd probably say I'd agree, I'd prefer the Bran stuff in terms of, I'm not a huge folk fan, probably a traditional folk fan, but. I do like some folk. I like my, uh, still my like... coal mining folk. You know, like the. Oh, the oh, okay. The strike songs. Mm. All that kind of thing. I, I like that as well, yeah. But it's kind of you've gotta you've gotta understand the power behind it before you know, if I just listen to some random folk song, yeah. I'm not gonna But then I if mean, you tell me like oh the backstory is that yeah, yeah, there's the some big best way of uh, telling a story probably with a folk song. Probably on the protest songs, weren't they? Yeah, well that's where folk came from, isn't it? Fables. Oh is it? I don't know, I just made that <laughs> it Sounds right though, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds like that. Might, that's the kind of thing that might be right. I've come up with some marketing tactics for Shamrock Push, specifically Shamrock Push Football Club. Okay. Do you want to hear them? Go on. <clears throat> okay. So this is obviously to take advantage of the fact that we have the longest football name in the world, and we yeah. do get attention, don't we? From yeah, yeah. You know, every now and again, there's an article about us in Brazil or yeah, Italy or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I reckon if we periscope every Shamrock game, you know what periscope is? Yes. Yeah. So live stream every camera football game. Well, wait, wait for us to get a bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm see, or maybe uh, like every home game or every game where we've got a good squad that way. Yeah, I reckon. Players. I reckon if we did that, people would send us money. Okay. Because YouTube these days, yeah, is full of people just talking, talking about nothing in particular, yeah. and then people just send them money. All right, yeah. It's like it's like hundreds at a time. Good idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and if we're, you know, we're actually we'll have uh, to pass it by Alan memory. Yeah, but so. if we, you know, interact with the wider. Yeah, I'm with that sound. I think, uh, I think people will send us money if we have like a place to uh, okay. direct it. Yeah. Okay. Second, change the Twitter name to Shamar Push because at the moment it's CPD Shamar Push. So when you type in Shamar Push, we don't come up. Oh really? That's only a small thing, but I think that'll matter a lot because we could get a lot of Twitter followers. Oh, uh, how many followers have we got at the moment? Like a thousand, doesn't? Hooper's podcast have got more followers. Really? Yeah, yeah but you know, this is uh, from what I understand, this is the fastest a budding podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the fastest growing Shamar Push based podcast. Yeah. that I'm aware of. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have agreed to come on otherwise. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I quite like the. If, if you don't have the cut per dirt there, then it's Slammer Push FC, which is... But the 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 username is cut per dirt Slammer Push. But then the, like... Oh, okay. The nickname is also cut per dirt Slammer Push. So when you type in, if we change that to even, like, cut per dirt space Slammer Push, okay, well, then uh, we yeah. would come up if Slammer Push... We'll have to speak to Sam about we, that. Sam yeah. Is the... Sam does a great job. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, no, exactly. denigrating her contribution. But if it means... Boosting the followers themselves so exactly, the exactly, and just engaging with, more with our, our audience. Uh, so Pringles gets lots of tourism. Yeah. What about marketing old-fashioned 
printing out posters saying we're playing this afternoon. Yeah. I'm... When they get off the bus. Okay, yeah. What well, do you reckon the tourists will come watch? Well, even if That's ten of them come and watch, it's a great idea, though. From a hundred, from a okay. hundred people that get off the bus, if ten of them come and watch, that's an extra fifty quid, isn't it? So we need to printing off the posters only cost about two pound fifty. Put the posters up in Pringles, you mean, so they can see? Or just have someone outside Pringles. Quiet. Yeah, put Murmury outside Pringles. Put Sean Gork outside Pringles. Oh, I don't think so. I'll be happy. Put Jeff that. outside Pringles. He's just gonna be out having a fag somewhere anyway. <laughs> we might as well be doing it in. <laughs> no, we need someone who's more uh, personable than Jeff. <laughs> yeah, because since we moved to Top Field, Top Field is kind of out of the way, isn't it? Because yeah. Gosh was right in the middle of the. Yeah, you distract the uh, the passers-by when you. It is a shame, really, that we do lose out on those on the crowd. But Gosh, am I right in thinking that Gosh wasn't up to? the standards of the Cymru Alliance or something. I must, well, I must have been. That's what I read yesterday in my research. How <laughs> was it, yeah? Yeah. That's why we moved. Okay. What, what year did we move? Did we, did we get that? <coughs> 2009. 2009? I think I was playing for the reserves then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I was. Were we in the Machinal team? Yeah, I was in the Machinal team. Yeah. Left back. Oh, yeah? I forgot where I was. You were, uh, when I broke through, I think I remember you as like a holding striker. Was I? Yeah. Still had your long hair. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, I think that age I was playing, I was playing a bit of everywhere. Because I used yeah. to be a defender, I was yeah. an out. You are a bit of an early man. Did you never wear a headband with your hair? I used to wear a lace, so I can be like, uh, a yeah, okay. don't remember him. I don't even understand how those lace things, you have to have really long hair for the lace ones to work. No, you just to make sure you, you do it tight enough, but you know, not too tight so it hurts. But mine, like if I did a lace, I'd have to do it like there. I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's that fine. Down. No, oh, you can't do it across there, you mean? Across your forehead? No, because if I do like that, yeah. all these are just, uh, okay. like it's not long enough to... Ah, uh, right, okay. I'm see, you see what I mean? Yeah, so I've okay. got to have the thick ones. Okay. Like the yoga headbands. Yeah, and the fourth, the fourth thing we can do to... Uh, capitalize on this great name of ours is uh, more merchandise. Can you buy a Shower Push Football Club shirt online or something like that? Uh, I actually not sure as well as Steve is, says every now and again, like, oh, someone's bought a shirt from Canada or something. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. There's no, there's no shop or anything on there. No, maybe people just email and we just send them but, spares we have. <laughs> but I mean, if we made like. Replica t-shirts, yeah. bottle openers, scarves, <laughs> inventor scarf. We'll have to think right, of some colours first. Get a stall, put the stall up outside Pringles yeah. on match day. Yeah, there you go. And then we can... Yeah, we we'll have to ask Pringles permission, of course. <laughs> They'll be fine. James is a nice lad, isn't he? Does he actually exist, James Pringle? Yeah, he's a... I think I... <laughs> I don't know the f*** he is. I think I always <laughs> thought he was named after Santa Claus, but that's Chris Kringle, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure they'll be alright with it. Because to get merchandise is, you know, quite cheap. Make our own merchandise, and we already have a badge. We'll, we'll things like that. I think we should. If Hooper's podcast are looking into merchandise, Camera Football Club should be looking into yeah, merchandise. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get a meeting going in January now and see if we can push that. Then. Yeah, I'm up for that. Too. I think those are good ideas. I am very good. A good a, a staple of Camera Push, as you well know, is Tour Marquis, the Marquis Tower. Yes, the Marquis yeah. Column. Which is closed at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, is it? Why is that then? It closed in 2014 because the steps were too... Narrow? Weathered. They'd broken oh. off and they couldn't afford the repairs. So that has n negatively affected Shamanpush tourism. Really? Yeah. 
The column is 27 meters high, or 89 feet for our American listeners. Atop the column stands Henry Paget, the first Marquis of Anglesey, named so for his bravery in the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, in which he lost his leg. Anglesey was chosen because of his family's summer home in Place Newydd, down the road from Clamour Push. And the bronze statue of Paget was placed on top of the column in 1860. He was also given the first ever articulated wooden leg in the world. Was he? Meaning separate sections connected by a flexible joint. Okay, so which means they can do what? It just means that the knee had a screw in it. So oh, right. the, uh, the Anglesey Column is a staple of the village and offers incredible views of the Menai Straits, the village and Snowdonia if you are willing to climb the 115 steps to the top. Or at least it did until 2014 when the landmark was closed due to the high cost of refurbishment. The steps had apparently become weathered and dangerous to climb. The cost of repairs is estimated to be £200,000 and a lack of such funds has diminished Klamarpush's tourist power in recent years. Although much of the funds are hoping to be collected from Lord and Lady Anglesey's family, any donations would be welcome. If you would like to donate, you can send your money uh, to me as there is no crowdfunding page. So who but owns the... I believe it's... Plas Newith's kind of sub-property. And who owns Plas Newith? The Anglesey family, I think. Is it? So Lord and Lady Anglesey. But they're... So we're going to ask nicely for those guys to cover the £200,000. But there is a movement brewing to well, collect some money. It might be... What's the priority? The Marquis or the Samar Plus? Uh, Mycelium. FC, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should... Well, is there a way we can work in tandem with those two? Because the the, yeah. the Marcus Tower will attract the tourism. Yeah. And then, you know, if the tourists are here, then we can attract them to Mycelium. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I agree. We can put another stall for the Marcus. Yeah. We've, We've got to get them through the door before they see what the stands have to offer. <laughs> like that philosophic quote. <laughs> I, just, I just made it up yeah. off the cuff. Yeah. Ideal. Good, yeah. <coughs> Look, this Hooper's dandelion and burdock is is uh, is going to be great for replenishing our yeah, I'm, weary I'm muscles. Nearly, I'm nearly now finished this big, quite large bottle. But you said you were only going to have a sip. It's very tasty, so... It is very tasty, isn't it? I was very thirsty after training with you. It's a... Yeah, God, I... Because we were... Uh, so hot in there. Yeah. It's, so hot. It's... Uh, I was sweating. And uh, Gwyndab Tikapal came off saying, I'm not sweating, and I said, well, you weren't working out. It's about what you put in, isn't it? It's not what you do, it's how much you put into it. I felt very sick. I've been very ill this past week. Oh, yeah? A bit fluey. Still gave me all. Didn't hear me complaining, did you? (laughs) Ben, get your hands off your hips. (laughs) (laughs) I say this during the game, get your hands off your hips. But the hands on my hips, that's just how I normally start. Just when I do anything, I put my hands on my hips. Yeah, just to, uh, yeah, I'm just, you probably... I know, them. you don't like me to look like I'm yeah, but not bothered or tired. Yeah, just put them there. Anyway, the hoopers will be great for replenishing the muscles. Yeah. But do you know what will be good for replenishing the, the mind? No. The brain power will be the Norweg Distillery Blue Slate Gin. Yeah. It'd be absolutely fantastic if we had some of that. Yeah. I'm, Let me tell you about it. How, how do you, where did you get them from? Where did you buy it from? Well, I heard about it from a, from a friend. And I contacted them for more information, and this is what they said. The important thing, this isn't really what they said, this is what I wrote. The important thing these days is that we restore the sense of community, like I said. And to do that, you have to support local businesses and produce. Yeah. And if gin is your drink of choice, 
then boy have I got the Welsh sourced product for you. The Norwig Distillery's Blue Slate Gin, burgeoning beneath the ominous slate quarries of the Norwig. The Norwig Distillery have created the perfect gin design, mixing heritage and traditional design with a sleek image to produce a high quality spirit. Perfect for those nights in alone staring hopelessly at the washing up from your seat at your cold wooden kitchen countertop. Ingredients such as coriander seed, Welsh oak bark, rhubarb and Welsh heather honey are sourced locally in Dinorwig or the surrounding Snowdonia mountains. If you like drinks cut with Dinorwig Distillery's own mountain water well and bottled on site then Blue Slate Gin is the drink for you. The juniper berries availability in the UK is very rare and so the distillery are forced to import their juniper all the way from Macedonia. Oh, wait. If you would like to help with the restoration and conservation of juniper in Wales and across the UK, the Hoopers podcast urges you to visit plantlife.org.uk to see how you can help. Okay. Blue Slate Gin by De Norwig Distillery. Intoxicants made stylish. Sounds exotic. It's amazing. Boy, I wish we had some of that to hand. I thought you said we did. We do! <laughs> and here it is! <laughs> Get the glasses. Just give me a little bit because you know. You can just it's, have it's a It's a midweek and we just had a hard training session, so. You're right. I don't want to. It's a nice bottle though, isn't it? It's very. It's a bit. It's a modern looking bottle of gin. Yeah, it combines heritage with the sleek design, like I said. It says, it says on it, made in Wales, and then it. It's got the Welsh translation on it, which is very... Go on, give it a go. ...very correct, which I like about it. It says, Gwnaid yng Hymru. I don't think I've ever seen that translation. That is fantastic, Treglad, isn't it? It's Treglad at his finest. Treglad at his finest, that, and it looks good on paper. Gwnaid yng Hymru. Yeah, sometimes uh, Treglad kind of ruins the sentence a little bit, but not with that. No, that's... Not with that. That's, like, poetic, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. What is it called in Welsh? I'm going to buy a bottle. Yeah? What is it called in Welsh? What do you mean? Well, it says the Welsh translation of the... Of the name? Yeah. Ah, sorry, yeah. So it's Blue Slate Gin and Cymraeg Gin Llechen Las. Gin Llechen Las. And if you'd like to buy a bottle, it's available in... Uh... This is the problem. Gin. G-I-N yeah. in English. Yeah. And then the, there is no... Is gin in French? No. Gin. Prob... Uh, yeah. Co- yeah, probably. This is the problem, you see, we just change, it's a bit lazy, that. Yeah, it is. The G to the J, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. The, Where's your ch- glass, Ben? Uh, uh, mine's here, yours is there. Can I slice a limb on, am I? Ideal. Yeah, I sliced those earlier. Ben, I think I think you should, you know, you're more experienced than me, too. Okay, but you just, because you don't want much, you know, so I you did. tell me. Okay, it's like that? Yeah. That's fine. Sweet, brother. And I'll have a little bit more, because... Oh, Ben, we've got a game Saturday, love. <laughs> What day is it today? Tuesday. Ben, I think he's just put a quadruple bit of gin into his... Well, no, I like to make sure I'm getting a proper taste. Okay. Uh, last time we tried this on the Hooper's podcast... Is that strong? Well, it's 42% alcohol. It's a posh It's a posh bottle, this. It's available in... Uh... Should we smell it first? Oh, yeah, yeah. We put it to our nose first, and that's what we forgot to do last time. And also, we didn't have the lemon slice last time, so this will be... You know, we're, okay. we're going to properly... What is that shop called? You know the uh, alcohol shop that's by the old blockbuster in Bangor, like on that road uh, where McDonald's. Bangor Road. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Canaveral. 
But what's that? You know the one that has all the wines and the... It's called like Wine World or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can't think what it's called. It has some really nice stuff there. Anyway, you'll find you'll find uh, Blue Slate Gin there. Or in uh, selected shops all around North Wales. This is a very impressive. I've An absolutely seen. lovely gesture from a lovely lady. Yeah. So here Express it is. Some love. Well, yeah, well, yeah, cheers, and then we'll stick our nose in a bit, and then. I think you're right. I poured a bit too much in mine. What did you think of it? I can taste the lemon too. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not a. Usual, no, I'm not a big gin fan. I'm not a gin drinker. You know. This is very nice. I think though. Goes well with the lemon. It goes well with the tonic water. It's, yeah, it does. Good for the soul. Good for the brain. I'm just making up this stuff about the brain, by the way. It's probably not good for the brain. (laughs) I'll tell you tomorrow. (laughs) They say wine's good for the brain, don't they? Do they? Yeah, they say you're supposed to have a glass and a half of wine every day. Red wine. White wine won't have the same effect. No, red wine. I've I've heard about red wine being good for you, but also about a glass every day, either. It's good for your IQ levels. Okay. Yeah, and I would know. Do you know what my IQ is? No. Huge. (laughs) Well, you, haven't got, you haven't got a number. Well, when you when you get to such a point, is yeah. it three figures? Look, when you when you get to a certain number, just saying the number sound, you know. <laughs> it's like after after a certain number of letters, you 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 lose count. Okay. But it's huge, I promise you. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Where was the relevance? You went from gin. Oh yeah, yeah. Gin's good for the brain. Oh yeah. Good for the yeah. footballing brain. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully Saturday we'll be able to put a bit. Of... Uh, do you want to see my? Because you're the Shammer push manager, obviously. Okay. Do you want to see my Shammer push tactics? Yeah. Let's do it. I've chosen a formation that I think suits Shammer and the the personnel that we have at the moment, okay. and uh, a system of getting the ball from back to front. Okay. So it's a PowerPoint presentation that I'm going to narrate. Cool. And here it is. La Diadema Guerrero is a unique football strategy created by the headband warrior. The strategy is concerned with getting the ball upfield quickly, whilst also maximizing space for our most creative players. The system begins in a 4-1-2-1-2, popularly referred to as a diamond although the system eventually expands to resemble Johan Cruyff's vision for the diamond during his time at Barcelona, both as a player and as a coach, which resembles somewhat of a false nine, with both forwards stretching the play as much as possible. This will maximize the space for the most creative player of the team, the number 10 or false number 9, to exploit the space created by the runs of the forwards. Chambard Push's most creative player is Kelvin Fraser, and this system is designed to grant Kelvin the most space possible to either have a shot from deep, create for one of the forward players, or make a late run into the box akin to the greatest player the Premier League ever saw, Paul Scholes. The characteristics required for the Regista role, known in the system as the Headband Warrior position, are good interceptions and reading of the game, composure under pressure, dynamic interventions, and excellent long-range passing. The deep-lying playmaker will be able to play the ball forward, either to the false nine, who will benefit from the space created by the runs of his forwards, or the forwards themselves in wide positions. 
Players such as Sean Owen or Jason Harvey, strong players who are capable of holding the ball up for arriving teammates or cutting inside and having shots from range, would shine in such forward positions. The headband warrior would also be able to play the ball to the two midfield destroyers in front of him, who are well placed to create options and angles for passes. The fullbacks will also benefit from this formation as the main wide outlet in midfield. We often deploy Sean Emlyn Davis and Tom Lewis, two players who are at their most comfortable higher up the pitch in fullback positions, and therefore this will benefit them. Attacking with such an array of options and shapes is sure to be too much for the opposition to handle, and Llanverpuch will walk the lead, captained of course, by the headband warrior. <laughs> what do you think of that? So basically, uh, well, that, that is all about getting Ben, uh, the headband warrior, to be the, the focal point of the team. Of the well, no, I'm the, I'm the pivot, yeah? I like... I'm, I'm the trigger. Yeah. I'm the trigger point yeah. from deep. It's all about the forwards creating space yes. for Kelvin to then exploit yeah. higher up the pitch. Because I think Kelvin is, if he's not our most creative player, he is yeah. one of our most creative players. I and I think that our issue recently has been how to uh, maximize his impact on the game. Because at the moment, he's we're asking him to do roles that uh, that. Uh, Occupy him in areas that he isn't okay. the most effective, which isn't your fault, but it's it's like, what's yeah. required of the. I mean, yeah, he's he is playing. Uh, what you're saying is he'd be, he'd be better off playing higher up the pitch. Is that what you're saying, isn't it? Well, I suppose it would be better off in a. He's a player who's better off when he has the most space in front of, of him. Of course, yeah, of course. Because he's got great long-range passing. I agree. Great, great assists. He yeah. can score from deep. He's always because I've known Calvin since he was like. 10 or 11, always yeah. been able to score from outside oh, the box. I think he's always a natural ability. Yeah. So I think if we design a system where he is he is given not a free role, but because he could he could still sit on whoever's holding for the opposition, but uh, but less. I, I, I yeah I, I agree with you. Um, because at the moment he plays kind of a number six or a number eight, yeah. where he's having to track a runner in midfield. Yeah. It, so he ends up quite deep in our in our own half. Which he has played. I mean, when you talk about Paul Scholes earlier, his beauty was like he could start a deep, build up yeah. the attack, and he would end up heading the ball in from the cross. You know, mm. which is ideally what I'd like someone like Kevin Fraser to do. Um, he's not quite the athlete that. No, well that's the problem. Not that it? Paul Scholes <laughs> is an athlete, but. But I, but I think you know. I think we can get Kelvin to be. He's how old is he? Twenty six. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he can. He can get there, you know, because like you said, he's he, he's a type of player that can start the attack and mm. then the attack. But you need to be pretty, pretty uh, in, in good, you know, fit to do that. But, yeah. We're asking him to get up and down at the moment, yeah. which is a few. He's a few stone away from being able to That's do it, it probably. Yeah. It is, you know, I said when I came in right at the beginning that the fitness level of the there was, I mean there was only seven of you left. <coughs> yeah. Seven players left. Yeah. Uh, it was a sorry state. So that the so that the listeners have an idea, you came in. Our manager, previous manager Steve Smith, left due to ill health, and he and you came in at a very. Uh, I remember talking to uh, Keith the day that Steve resigned, and Keith was saying, 
this is the worst time of the season to uh, start anew <laughs> yeah. because everyone's already chosen their second club. Yeah, of course. So yeah. there aren't a lot of players you can sign. No, it was uh, no, that's right. But I was kind of thinking I was open-minded to well, I could go for A, B, C, D. I don't know if they'd be interested in coming, but I was willing to take that risk. And I also thought, worst case scenario, I've asked a few lads from my area to come and play, Sean Parry, myself, Jason. So I thought, you know, we'll be able to get a team. Um, but I didn't quite know how tough or difficult that league was going to be. And I think what, what, what we ideally need is a couple more players, 21, 22, so at that age. Yeah. But yourself, you haven't played for a while, Sean Owen hasn't played for a while, so yeah. we've got a lot of players that just haven't played for a while, so it's going to take a yeah. bit of time to get... It is a bit of a rusty team, but yeah. the team looks a lot better than when you arrived, certainly. It's getting there. I think it, I, I think we... We could still... We're still... Um, we need to, a couple more, and we'll be and get the likes of yourself and Calvin and me and Sean and everyone. Even when I was devising that formation, I was thinking, I don't know who can play in this position, but I yeah. just won't mention... Well, no, it would have been... You know, it's... I think the problem was that three or four of the better players from Samar had had left, that, mm. you know. So and they and and a lot of those players that you're probably talking about have since said to me that they wouldn't have left if they knew that you were going to come in. Well, maybe, but I mean, but they just thought because to be honest, I was out injured when all of the you weren't playing, were you? No, I was out in. I was. I had quite a bad injury, to be honest. Mm. I just, you know, the word hero gets banded around a lot these days, but... You did play, you, you, well, yeah. I played injured, didn't I? That was a hell of a game, that first time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just this, one of the strangest games I've ever played in. It was like being in a kind of... It we, felt like we were in the war and we were... We got thrashed, but I was kind of quite proud of it at the, end, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And it was quite fun, because I've never been so... Um, I've never been looked like such a mess walking <laughs> off a pitch. Yeah, you felt like being in a battle. Yeah, and everything was hurting. But uh, yeah, so I wasn't really around when uh, when Steve left and all that stuff. So I don't really know what the vibe was like. But I think a lot of people thought that like Sandwiches wasn't going to have a team anymore. No, I don't. I I don't think many people wanted the job when Steve no. left. I don't think so. But I was up for the challenge. So um, it is a challenge. Two months in, I'm thinking. Well, we've got 16 games to go, which is just over half the season. It's a lot. And I think realistically, yeah, it's a lot. So there's no mad rush, and realistically, it's gonna it's gonna take time to. But I think I'm confident as the season will get by towards the end of the season. I'm confident. I have a lot, a much more positive outlook than uh, the, you know, because it was looking bleak when uh, in those weeks that we yeah. didn't have a manager and we didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah. But I was uh, I was uh, glad to hear that you, that you had taken the job. <laughs> yeah. Well. Good numbers in training, isn't it? You know, yeah. we're getting that's good. It's just, uh, it's, I think, I think we'll be we'll, we'll like be. you often say, it will come slowly, but I think eventually we will arrive at, 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 yeah. at something stable. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel very stable at the moment, but it's no, uh, it's it's not quite there. But if I may uh, drop another philosophical bombshell on you, go on. You build a house brick by brick. That's it. I should have said build a cathedral or something, <laughs> something more beautiful. Build a stainless glass by stainless glass. Yeah, something spectacular. What do you think of uh, uh, of me as a as a player? Am I hard to manage? Um, we had that one argument, didn't we? Yeah, so so couple, far, we've had a couple of arguments, which is fine. Which is no, just the one. I was looking forward to 
I told you to work yeah. with you. I was looking forward to working with you. Because I always thought, um, I've seen you play a few times, played five side against it, and I thought, you've got the attributes to be uh, a very good player. Um, and I thought maybe you needed not, not so much, no, not guidance, just a bit more, a bit of encouragement to, to, to get that to happen so you can really. Um, but I think what's. How old are you now? You're 25, 26. Yeah. <laughs> I can never remember which one. I think what the hardest thing is that you missed a big chunk of the season. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just hard to. Um, I think you've got to, you've got to build it up. <laughs> but so, am, I, am I hard uh, to manage my personality type? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you're a, a nightmare. There wasn't much. <laughs> there wasn't much hesitation in that answer. You're, um, but it's not. Um, you know, it's not a problem. Because I think of myself as quite like an unusual. Like when I'm around the boys and stuff, and I'm like just saying stuff. Sometimes I think to myself afterwards, like you don't hear that much in changing rooms, or like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if what I'm saying is good for morale or like... Because no, like, no, I have a very kind of, not sarcastic in the way that... I don't want to paint the picture of like, you, you're saying tactics no, and I'm like saying, oh, that'll work, boss. No, no, but no. But more like, <laughs> not sarcastic, but like, uh, I have a very kind of... Uh, I think what... what aloof. What, yeah, no, aloof, yeah, no, I mean, you're great with the, with the lads and the, you know, you do the fines and stuff. That's brilliant. And I try my best. You're, I, you know, you're, you're a good character. <laughs> funny, you know, it's good banter there. Yeah, the only thing is sometimes if I say want to give, and that's not just to you now, it's a lot of them. That mm. If you give it a bit of criticism, yeah, you can, I can sense if you straight away you struggle with that. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> yeah. do. It's you um, struggle. Whereas ideally, you know, sometimes if you know I could do that a bit better, and somebody has a go at you, you're like, yeah, you're like, okay, that's the only issue. So I know. I, 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 can, I can see you at home with the Even now when you're yeah. criticising me, I'm thinking this, mother <laughs> But, you know, it's like uh, you're doing it in order to, you know, to, to, to make the improvements. Yeah, I know. I, uh, and the, uh, I still think that you'll be, uh, you'll have a good season. Yeah, I hope so. But I, I think uh, the argument that me and you had wasn't like a, um, you know, it was, it was quite a repairable argument from the get-go. It was a, a, you know, yes, we were both coming at it from the, <laughs> you know. You have to, uh, I think that they, it's part of the, it's part of the uh, manager-role-playing player relationship. Sometimes you've yeah. got to fall out. Uh, and I am a very, uh, is it, uh, I don't want to say emotional. I'm quite a strange player. Though. Like, sometimes I get really emotional about, like, if someone says, like, I did something wrong and I... Uh, yeah, you've got to control that, haven't you? Yeah. But I like, but then sometimes I I notice as well that it, even if I acknowledge that I did something like let's say I do like a horrible pass back and yeah. someone says oh Ben what a terrible pass back that was yeah. and even when I put my hands up I feel like sometimes when I when I put my hands up yeah that almost makes it worse because I I play worse after it well yeah I think what, <clears throat> the key is with mistakes is. Uh, you know, I'm not quite. You can't, you can't dwell on them, but you have yeah. to, if you do make a mistake, is it? Yeah, but then you have to get on with it. You know, yeah, it's not easy, but as part of the the mental toughness of the game. Yeah, because I think, I think uh, that that day we had a uh, an argument. I had a really poor first half, yeah. and 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 then uh, you you shouted at me, but then I had quite a good second half. Very good. But then I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what it was because I was like, a bit, I was angry at you during the second half for shouting at me at half time. That's why you played better. But the, yeah, but then I was, but then 
if I would have said like yes, because uh, particularly there was a bad back pass that I did in that in that first yeah. half. And then you were just away with the fairies in <coughs> the first half. Yeah, just I was, I d- yeah, I, d- I don't know what it was, but you it was dangling your legs. You were like a you were like a fairy on the pitch. And then the second half, you were the headband warrior, which is yeah, I was, I was. No, I d- no, no f- was getting past in the second half. But I don't really know what the difference was either. Like there was no. Um, no, but you don't need to worry about it. It's, it was a mental block more than anything. But then I don't know how to. I think. Uh, you were a bit. Uh, you weren't uh, aggressive enough in the yeah. first half. Yeah, but then I don't know how, like, why I wasn't more aggressive in the first. Because it wasn't like I went out in the second half thinking I'm gonna show. I'm not gonna be twice as aggressive. You know, I, I wasn't really thinking that. No, but that. sometimes. But I just naturally was more aggressive. Without realizing, yeah, because that's what ball does, isn't it? You know, you don't. You yeah, don't maybe it was. It was a ball akin to the whole group. <clears throat> you know, mainly directed at me. <laughs> no, I think. Your fellow centre back. Uh, yeah, me and Del. Was, was me and Del got it bad that half. Del was the one that f- up. <laughs> you know, you made mistakes, but he didn't get punished. But he, yeah. he, he got punished by about three of them. Yeah, you know. No, but, I do uh, love Del. That's football. Isn't nice. It? You've been playing Del up front recently. Is that where you? Is, it, is that just an experiment? Or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think I think he's a confidence player as well, and <clears> he's a good player, and he's got it in him to be a good player, but. I thought I'd better take him out of the back line for a while just to, yeah. just to get his confidence up. I think he's a good player. And you know that uh, system I was talking about, about yeah. making runs into the channel and holding the ball up? I think he'd be good at that. Yeah, he could. I think players like him, Sean Owen, Jason Harvey, Tony maybe, yeah. would be good at that. Yeah. Cam was probably missing a striker at the moment. We are. We're missing a striker. It's a shame that um, I was hoping for Sean Owen and Tony to... I, I was confident <coughs> over time, once they were fit, they would be able to do it. Even though Tony's late 30s or whatever but obviously he's had it he pulled his hammy after scoring his first goal and that'll be that'll you know, be a that's consistent the, that, that's, that's the luck we're getting and then Sean Owen's got yeah. himself sent off uh, you know so he's got, it's a shame cause I think both of those things Tony pulling his hamstring and Sean getting sent off are two things we're going to have to get used to as a team well nah we can't get used to that because uh, I've been playing against Sean since he's about five or six yeah, and well, uh, gonna have to if you if down. you uh, delete that from his game, his ability to get sent off, uh, you will be the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because he is, he, like, I've never seen anything like it. He just, as, when he loses his head, and he can lose his head over something as small as just, you know, someone tackles him. Mm. Fairly. Yeah, he's. Uh, and he'll charge around like a bull for about 20 minutes. Yeah, he's lost and then it's just, I'm just trying to, t- I'm like, Sean! Sean! I'm a s- Sean! <laughs> Chill out, man. Yeah. It's just no getting through to him. I've never seen anything like it. But you, do you think of him as a striker or a, a midfielder? So I went. Yeah. Uh, I think potentially, if he if he does that, if he works out his game, potentially he can be a 20, 20 goals plus a season striker. But he has to make the improvements, such mm-hmm. as you know, control his temperament and stuff. And he couldn't be a striker 100 percent because I. When he's on it, and you've seen a couple of times he's training, he sc- he does he scores out of the blue. Yeah, he has gone because that. he's frustrated most. Of the time. <laughs> you know, but if he if he does the right things, he can be a top goal scorer in my opinion. Yeah, he can. He's uh, always scored goals whenever. I think uh, that's as well. where he'd be at his best. Yeah. Um, but again, he's another one that's fighting, not having a preseason, and yeah. you know, 
We're, we're still at that stage where people just have to fill in, you yeah. know, in certain places, you know, yeah, it's, whatever uh, the game is. I don't feel that Because I turn up not knowing where I'm going to play. Well, exactly. Game. Unfortunately, that's the situation we're in. So what do you think of, what do you think of me as a player? What are my strengths <laughs> and weaknesses? As a player, I think, uh, I think you, when you're uh, on it, I mean, you're aggressive, you're a strong player, you're a physically strong player and you're... I'm on. six foot two. If the listeners yeah. would like to, and he uh, imposing when he's he's aggressive and he's good on the ball and he's, he can he can uh, influence the game. Do you want me to read out? This is what I wrote in my uh, tactics, just to remind everyone: good interceptions and reading of the game, composure under pressure, dynamic interventions, and excellent long-range passing. Well, there you go. You've uh, you've answered yeah. answered it yourself, haven't you? Yeah. I, I am a born regista. I've seen a few dodgy long passes, though, but uh, <laughs> you might need to put them to to use on Saturday. I do have good patterns. Where am I going to play on Saturday? Well, okay. I either play usually centre back or centre. You're very back. confident that you're going to start the game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, we'll see how many gins I have after you leave. I don't like to. I like to keep the players on their toes, and but. Um, you could be playing in a, in a position I don't think I've played here yet. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. That Kelvin roll that I was... <laughs> <laughs> number six roll. It's all about me. Yeah. All right, so we'll see. I did, when I was younger, I played, we're going to listen to some music now, until under 11s, so like when you're playing seven aside, until you're 12 or whatever, I played left wing. Okay. I was a, scored loads of goals. I was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure you could play there. I was unbelievable before I was 10. Okay. When I hit 10, something just happened. I did it. Yeah. Massively. I was so quick. Yeah. Quicker than everyone. It was like men against boys. I used to score four or five. I used to just okay. dribble around everyone. And then I hit 10, and I just don't know what happened. Just a lot. Did you get it back then in your teenage years? Or? No. Never got it back. Lost my pace, and then once mm. I'd lost my pace, all my confidence had gone, and yeah. I wasn't... That's what happens, isn't it? I, I became a... Uh, confidence is the big thing, I think. Until I was about 16, I was uh, we played a 3-5-2 under okay. uh, Gitto's dad. Yeah, yeah. An amazing football manager, Yeah, Gitto's dad. Yeah. We played a 3-5-2, I was the left centre mid. Ah, okay. Left centre mid? Left centre mid. Gitto was the left winger. Uh, ben Verberg was right centre mid. Yeah, so me and Ben Verberg are uh, kind of the two dynamic Pogbas of the okay. team. Gitto does all the dirty work up and down the pitch. That's what his dad made him do. And then... Uh, when I broke into Keith's reserves team, mm. like left back is just where you know yeah. where you prove yourself as a kid. Yeah. And then I came back, and then I played left back again when I was like 24 for for Keith again. Okay. And then it was only in his last year that Keith played me in centre back. I, I always thought you'd be a central player. You know, you had the potential to be a central player. I'm very. I, I think you need to be <coughs> in order to be an essential player. You need to be a bit more confident. Yeah. And a bit more aggressive. It has been because I spent a long time out of the game. Yeah. So I'm not like a uh, no, ready to impose myself on the no, but in an know, eleven aside pitch. That does happen. Yeah. But you know we've we've all we've all had a few games now. But I am very two footed. I like to think, which makes me suited to a central position. Mm. I like to think. Uh. How about we listen to some music, eh? Yeah. Me and you both come from very musical families. We're gonna listen to. Luibrai by Bran. Oh, okay. Do you know the song? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Can you sing it? No. <laughs> Bran, well, let me tell you about Bran, whose uh, front woman was your mother, of course. Bran 
but a popular Welsh band from North Wales who recorded albums from 1975 to 1978. The band recorded only in the Welsh language, a decision which both endeared them to a local audience and stunted mainstream exposure. Pop music in the Welsh language had only been introduced in 1967 by a blair, so it's recent. Your mum was yeah. a bit of a pioneer, yeah. a bit of a rolling yeah, stone. Yeah. yeah, they were the, I mean, I hear stories of that time, but I think it was, a, yeah, they were at the start of it. And I'm to, I just mentioned the, a blair, but they only released one song. <laughs> yeah. So they're more of just a trivia, it might be, oh, yeah. is the name of the song. Somewhere, yeah. But uh, I listened to another song by Ableo. Okay. Really, before I knew that your mum was Nestor Whelan Jones, we were going to listen to Ableo. Okay. And uh, I listened to another song by Ableo. It was really good. It yeah, was on the B side of Mice B. I think they're uh, seen as quite iconic. Yeah. Ableo. It was literally just those two songs that they ever recorded. Right, okay. And the other one was just on the B side. But it was really nice. Anyway, Bran. Uh, the 1970s saw a rise in experimentation and deviation from traditional Welsh folk music such as David Iwan to more of a psychedelic rock star popularised by bands such as Pink Floyd and Cream. Lloyd Bray is from Bran's 1975 album Ail Ddechrau, hmm. which translates as second beginning, second Ail start. Ail restart. Restart. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is their debut vinyl. The band were finding their feet and experimenting with psychedelic rock, although this track is somewhat of a foreshadowing of their traditional folk soundings, which they would eventually adopt when the band later morphed into Pererin in the 1980s. Pererin reformed for the first time in 36 years this past August, announcing new gigs and a new album. Yeah. Have they come out with a new album? Uh, I, don't think I don't think they've recorded it, no. They, they did the reunion gig in the extent of in the... And, but they're, they're on Anglesey. Was that this year's? Yeah, in August. I went to it and uh, they played in the Have they still shows. got it? Yeah, they've still got it and the <laughs> tent was packed out. Was he? Yeah, it was mad. And uh, yeah, my mum, they'd been rehearsing hard for it. and uh, Your mum was on vocals and yeah, keyboard. My mum really enjoyed it. And then uh, they were meant to do a follow-up gig last month. It was cancelled last minute. So I'm not sure what the plans are for the new year, you know. But if, I, I think it'd be good if they kept on. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old is your mum now? In what ballpark? She's in, in the in her. She's sixty something. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not that much. Did so. she? Why did she not? Um, because when I was coming, when I was like three or four, yeah, my family were getting me quite excited about being taught by your mum because there, right. there was a bit of an aura about her. Apparently, she was a very respected a teacher. Yeah, she's a household name in this in this house, <laughs> as I said. But that, while I was growing up, yeah. Uh, there was always that kind of oh wait until next Well and Jones is, is coaching you and you can really hit those high notes. <laughs> and then I got there. She's what happened to her? She retired or she moved school? Or, yeah, oh, uh, she must have moved. I think she went from Sandby to Brinsinkin. It's literally like just as I started. Oh, was it? Yeah, she's she gone. Brinsinkin, Sandegvan. It's where she retired eventually. I was well, Sandegvan. Don't have a choir. Well, I think she uh, managed to get him to sing. <laughs> Jeff was probably in it. Yeah, maybe Sean Owen said that he. Not Sean Owen, he hasn't got the temperament for choir. You have to sing in primary school, don't you? And uh, he was relegated to the triangle and he said she rightfully realised I have no musical talent, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Poor Sean. Uh, so. Probably where all his anger stems from. <laughs> so this is 
Louis Bray. Cool cover, that isn't it? Cool By Bran. Very cool. And when I listen to the um, to the rest of the album, that's her there. Bloody hell, she looks. Yeah, I know. I've watched that as well. She looks so young there. Yeah, but you can see you can see you in your when my mum said his mum is Nestor Ellen Jones. Oh yeah. I went. Oh yeah. It does, it, it, the smile. Do I look like it? Well, very smart. You're yeah, one of the smiliest <laughs> I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> And when she said Nestor Ellen Jones, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. That's, she looks, uh, I don't think she looks a bit like my sister, but it's weird. I think she looks idea. more like you than your sister. You think? Yeah. I listened to the rest of this album, not the whole of it, obviously, but okay. uh, some, some of the other ones. Some of the ones where your mum's not singing on it. Yeah. And it's very like... Uh, Instrumental stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Braithwood, is that? I think she wrote that one. Braithwood, is it? Very Pink Floydish. That yeah. one, yeah. She wrote that, that majority of that one. Preparing. So this is Luperai by Bran, a traditional Welsh folk song. <laughs> Very, um, you know, she's hitting all those notes, isn't she? You can tell she, uh, uh, you can tell she grew up kind of in the Welsh choirs. There's that kind of, you know, hit yeah. The, um, because in in Welsh schools they teach us to be very kind of professional and uh, yeah, it's very you yeah. hit the yeah. notes. The, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think she got that. Uh, it's it? a good thing and a bad thing, but it seems to have worked out for her because she's got a naturally yeah, delicate you, kind of tone. Yeah, because you can lose the. It can be a bit stiff, can it, if it's um, yeah. too formal. She taught a different voice to my sister, though, who's... Who taught uh, your sister to... To sing? Well, not... Well, yeah, sing, first of all. But I was going to say, I was watching a video of her last night singing on TV, and it's very like she knows exactly where to look into the cameras. It's very professional, <laughs> you know what I mean? Very... Pro she knows the production of it. Maybe she's kind of, like, picked that up over time because she's... So, yeah, I mean, I suppose she's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. But I don't see that when I look at performers. In Wales, you mean? Or? No, in... Uh, I th think of someone like... Uh, someone that you see on Jules Holland. Oh, yeah. The the average Nora Jones that goes on Jules Holland. Yeah. They're not, you know... Focused. Uh, your sister kind of knows <laughs> when to do, like, a longing glance and when to go, like, face ah, okay. with her hands, you I know, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe... When we were kids, like uh, when we were kids, my mum used to ta teach us that in Wales it's called how to see your okay. colouring, but in your colouring in your way you express yourself when you're singing it. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's a bit Gwenny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, I got a bit of me singing as a kid and I, I, you know. Oh, I've got plenty of me singing as a kid. So Gwenny and, yeah. you, you know, it's embarrassing really. I've got uh, my sister and your sister on video somewhere singing that Af oh, Africa yeah. song. Oh, I can't see that. Yeah, I should have dug it out for this podcast, but but yeah, uh, very nice that your mother has a has a has a nice voice like that. And then uh, voice is still has it hasn't changed at all. I suppose that kind of style is um, doesn't put a strain on your voice, does it? No, maybe not. No. Your kind of style, your rock and roll. Yeah, you're going to lose your voice when you when yeah. you hit forty. I think it's already. When you're approaching. Voice. Well, you are approaching forty. Yeah. Aren't you? yeah. You don't remind me, have you just had my 37th birthday? 
for the Christmas. Oh yeah, I remember. Can't believe you're 37. <laughs> it is quite a number, isn't it? 37. I don't... You yeah. are the oldest Hooper's podcast guest so far. Really? By a long distance. <laughs> <laughs> by a decade. Yeah, I can, that is not something to be proud of. Well, it's a it's something to have on the... When the Hooper's podcast makes it big. Yeah. Because you're the only one of your siblings, I believe, without a Wikipedia page. Am I? Well, my brother's got one as well. Well, Guion's redirects to his band. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But on Ellen, your sister's Wikipedia page. Okay. Guion Llewellyn, the name Comes lights up, up like, it's, it? like it's yeah. a link. He probably did that himself. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can you? Yeah. No, he's... Uh... Oh yeah, that's a bit good, that is it. But then once you've been on the Hoopers podcast... Maybe I can set my own wiki now. Well, this is something, isn't This is a section to put in your Wikipedia. Yeah. You're in uh, Cordetta, what is I'm it? I'm the manager of the village with the longest name in the world. Yeah. The manager. Yeah. And I'm also the oldest guest on the, the high-flying <laughs> Hoopers podcast. Think about how we could be marketing this. <laughs> if we combine the... Camera push as yeah. an entity on the Hoopers podcast. Yeah, there's no tell. You know, <laughs> the, the stars are the limit. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's 2018. Be, yeah, uh, we appreciate all the lit. Oh, we're done now. By the way, are we? Well, I mean, unless you, you have something else to say, it's been a very uh, productive podcast, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I feel like we've laid out the blueprints for Shamad Push. Yeah. And then in five, ten years, we'll look back on this as the starting point, you know, the, the match. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. The match that lit the fire. Yeah. Uh, if any of the listeners would like to give us money. <laughs> yeah, so we can buy Ben new pair of trainers. Um, or at least pay me for my... The headband warrior needs a new pair of uh, Astro Boots trainers, because... I do. I was just going to go on eBay. Some of the passes did towards the end tonight was... Uh, but if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us money at, um, I don't know, just message me on Tinder and then I'll you need to get your give own, you my um, bank account. What is it, those pages they do? Where... Patreon. What's the one where, uh, go, go, go fund me. <laughs> yeah, go fund me. We could start a go fund me for Tour Marquis, yeah. a go fund me for Chamber Push, but we'd have to think of like something we're actually trying to work towards. Fund us just well, for the hell of it. Yeah, we, we, we don't have anything specific to spend it on. But start paying our players a £2.50 win bonus. It's something, isn't it? Yeah. Or a goal bonus, at least. You know, I've never scored for Clamour Push FC. Then that would make everybody selfish and... That's true. Sean yeah. Owen does enough 40-yard yeah. shots yeah. in a game. Yeah. To... yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> Take the ball close, eh, Sean? Cut out, Sean. Or at least just do a 1-2 with someone get a bit close. Yeah. Well, he did hit a peach against. Was it? Oh, he scores some that are that are worldies. Worldies, but then I still shout at him the next nine out of ten times that he misses. I'm looking forward to getting him back from suspension now, when we can start <laughs> scoring goals. His suspension hasn't even started yet. Has no, it? that's a problem. All these what is it? Three games. matches. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it. We done man. Do you want to end with an impression? Is Can you do a, any impressions? Is this something you ask all your guests to do? Well, we usually end with an impression, yeah, just to put a full stop on the... Okay, Any anybody? Yeah, you can pick whoever, whatever impression you want. I'm trying to think if I can, am I, am I good? You have to be in the... In the well, it's right, going to have to be someone Welsh, isn't it? Because listen to, be, to you. Uh, in, the, in the right frame of mind to be, do impressions, don't you? Has <laughs> the Hooper's brew not loosened you up? <laughs> Like Jane's making me a bit sleepy, you know. Would you like to hear my impression of well, Rodney Dangerfield? Do you know Rodney Dangerfield? No. He's from your generation. Who is he? 
American comedian. Robbie, Roger Dangerfield. Rodney. Rodney. Rodney Dangerfield. What, so very American. Yeah. He's very iconic. I feel like if you heard his voice, you'd... Maybe. And you're about to. I feel so, like I should know who he is. Yeah, he's a very iconic okay. kind of figure. Okay, go on. <clears throat> Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, you're all right. <laughs> Do a bit more, yeah? In, uh, in high school, I never got any girls. So uh, Some girl texts me, come, and come over, there's nobody home. I went over there. There was nobody home! <laughs> <laughs> you sound like... Robert De Niro. It's an iconic... Fo- okay. <laughs> well, next podcast, I'll be doing my Robert De Niro impression then. Want a cup of coffee? Okay, there you go. <laughs> you can do non-Welsh impressions. New Jersey. <laughs> In what film is this? Anything particular? Hey, Mark. What are you doing that for? I suppose you lived, do you live in New Jersey or New York when you were both coach of the Red Bulls? Oh, How can you live in both? Lived in New Jersey for uh, the first six months. Oh, okay. And then I moved up to Yonkers at the north of Manhattan. Yonkers. Yonkers. Yeah, mad place just above the Bronx. It right? is mad there last, in Yonkers. Last three months up there, so yeah, I miss America. America's easy. I miss it so much. Where were you living? Queens. Why are you living in Queens here? I came to watch one of your games. Who? Red Bulls. What, so what, what month did you go out there? Uh, August 2012. I, I, I know, but I didn't really know you back then. I wasn't going to... But I did still tell all my friends, like, Oh, yeah, my, oh, my no, mate, no. he's coach for Red Bulls. Yeah, I'll get us in. I, I'm getting uh, some kind of flashback now about that, that you were out there. Do we, do you con- do we contact or...? I think when I went home for Christmas, I bumped into you in Penrose, and I said, Oh, I've been... I've That's been in it. New York yeah. as well. Yeah, okay, I remember that now. Yeah. But yeah, I went to watch a Red Bulls game while you were coach, I think, in early 2013. So you would have been... No, I was home by then. I was... Oh, were you? Yeah, I was home by then. Um, well, it was you a... went to the New York Red Bulls arena. Yeah. Yeah. It was Henry playing? Yeah. Cahill? <sighs> yeah, I think he was, but it was a f***ing awful game. Did, did the Red Bulls win? Nil-nil, <laughs> and I can't remember a shot, and even Henri was terrible. Was he? Just boring football, misplaced passes all over the pitch, everyone's static, no passion. Yeah, it's, it's weird, I mean... I... American soccer is la- lacking in passion, isn't it? I think, yeah. Because they don't quite grow up with the same... Uh... They don't, but I was surprised that kids, loads of kids played. Yeah, when they, like, peewee, seven, peewee soccer. You always feel like they could get a really big movement going there. Yeah. If they... It's just too big. Yeah, I suppose it is. And it's so different, you know, New York from... New Jersey, even. Yeah. Yeah. It's the next state. And you're not going to get a lot of... uh, There aren't a lot of places to play soccer around New York. No. Crazy culture. It is. I mean, they are actually... They have actually lost their minds. Like, many centuries ago. And, uh... Yeah, there's no... Do you think you'll go back there, or...? I would love to, but I don't know how. I don't know how. What do you mean? I don't know how to, because immigration is so, uh, you can't just move there and get a job. You, like, you've got to basically think of a job. Where's to get work in Mesa, though? That's why I got, um, I think it's, ha- it's actually been hard there since the last five years. But you would have got the job offer, presumably, before you got the working visa. Yeah, it was through, yeah, the working visa yeah. came through the club. So I have to find a job that yeah, but, you know, would want me. Hopefully one day I can get back to America. You've got a bit of an American accent coming there, Ben. That's you... what everyone says when I do this podcast. Maybe apparently I have day, an American accent. Apparently day, I do have an American accent. I was only there for about six, nine months. But not when I talk Welsh. 
I like it well, it's like a, you know. Funky, funky. Yeah. Your mum used to really bang at the keys in that bit. Anyway, podcast is done. Uh, so all that's left is to say goodbye yeah. to the folks at home. Thanks for listening. We'll Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me uh, head bump for you. No problem. Anytime. You're welcome back. Unless uh, you lose your job, in which case I'll be inviting the new, <laughs> yeah, the new summer manager. <laughs> I think uh, P45 is on his way. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're looking positive going into 2018. This would be a yeah. good marker. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we were... Yeah. When we were thinking of how we were going to turn it around, and this is this is weird. this is it. So this. watch this space, fans. Good night. Good night. Nasta. But no one smiles to help me chase those big city blues.